Welcome to How to Human. I'm Marta Brummel, and I'm a certified life coach for young adults and parents. And the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to do this greater life project of being a human with a healthy dose of TLC and a whole lot of awesomeness. I offer private coaching along with an online How to Human membership for young adults and parents. And our work is all about helping my people become more the full package, a sparkling resume, an even more marvelous human. Along those lines, today's guest is Wendy Angst, a gem of a human and really lucky for me, a very dear friend. From the beginning, she has challenged me to be better by pushing me to think and show up differently in the world. I've had the gift of Wendy's friendship for 15 years, and she really is one of a kind. There is no one more focused on designing a life that is full-bodied in every way. She's a seeker, a beloved professor, a mom to three sweet humans, a partner to Corey, another marvelous human, an entrepreneur, a design thinker, an innovator, a world traveler, a learner, and really a love of a human. Wendy's a superstar professor in the Mendoza School of Business at the University of Notre Dame. She's won numerous awards for her teaching chops, and beautifully, she teaches a course called Designing Your Life. So today's conversation is going to be accessing some of Wendy's magic as she talks about the impetus and the drivers and informers of this course and how it crosses over into making the lives of her students and those with whom her students are in relationship healthier, stronger, and better. So here we are. And I'm so happy to be sharing Wendy with all of you. Enjoy. Well, thank you for that kind introduction. I really love that. And I was going to say, I wish I had it recorded, but I kind of do. So well, you kind of do. You can go back and listen to it. That's amazing. There you go. No, but um, but yeah, back at you, I would say that uh, it's been a pleasure being your friend for the past 15 years. And um, and. Uh, my husband, Corey, and I have gotten to know you and Craig, and I would say, you know, every time we're in your presence, we always leave feeling better and just more um, inspired about being a couple and being parents. And so, so thank you for that. And I'm delighted to be here with you today. My pleasure. Yeah. So if you can share with our listeners a little bit about the drivers and impetus to create the course you did in designing your life, and then how you think in fostering the growth of your young adult students. Um, I know that that is really foundationally from where you're coming when, you know, teaching this, but just curious how you would, you know, share with our listeners what that looks like and how you went about, you know, um, really cultivating something of this, of this kind. Yeah. Happy to share more about that. So I would say that my um, initial foray into this notion around designing your life began in my early 20s. I have always been um, passionate about causes that address women and children, and um, and in particular had an interest in 
some of the challenges internationally, just for the, you know, inequity and resources. And at one point in my career, I was really thinking that I would focus on international healthcare. And I would go into, into that as a career. I would pursue that as a PhD. And, um, and I didn't really have a background. I grew up in a, in a, um, you know, middle-class family. My, my parents, uh, neither of them had graduated from college and it's just kind of a dream. And I wasn't really sure how to approach it. Um, my husband and I had recently moved to Delaware and I thought, you know, I need to just see if I can find people who do this type of work and learn about what they're doing. And, and one of the women I had the pleasure to meet, her name is Lucia. She sat me down and she said, you know, if you want to pursue this, you need to be really intentional about how you're going to get there. You can't just say, you know, I'm going to go do international healthcare. Um, and she's someone who really got me thinking about mapping this out. Um, and as you know, any of your listeners that are female are well aware, we have very um, specific clocks that we can't work around if we're planning on having children. And she was kind of guiding me through that saying, you know, well, think about this, you know, you are what, 20, I think at the time when I started working with her, I was 25. And she said, you're, you're 25. Like, at what point, if you do want to have children, are you going to do that? How does that fit into your career and your education? And, um, and I was like, wow, this is really important to think about. And so that got me started on this um, lifelong passion I've had for being just intentional, thinking about life, um, not just in the dimension that I think at the age of 25, I would have thought about, which is like, oh, I'm going to do international healthcare, and I would like to, you know, live here and go here and do this. And, um, but thinking about it in the context of your full self, right? And the fact that if you are having a family, what does that look like? If you are going back to school or have other skills or experiences you want to have, how do they all align with one another? And so the notion um, of, of being intentional with this life journey was creating this life journey map that basically has three parallel lines where you map out by decades of your life, <laughs> thinking about ultimately what, what is it? Like, what are you hoping to experience or achieve or um, have exposure to by the time you are 30, 40, 50, 60? Um, so, so I started back then and I tell well, you, I also been, saw the, the framed picture of one of them. Oh, you, yes. Showing me. Yes, <laughs> I like, have a framed picture. Yeah, and, yes. yeah, I have a lot of different versions of this, but um, but it's been something that I've updated every year. So I've been, I mean, this is you know my big reveal, but I've been updating it for 25 years. So <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Um, updating for 25 years. And I tell you, it's been so helpful as you're navigating the different, you know, turns and, and twists that life can throw at you. When you take the time to be mindful around, you know, kind of true hopes and dreams. And, you know, by looking at decades, you're not getting into the minutiae, but, you know, I'm going to, you know, do yoga every day. It's more thinking more holistically around um, how healthy you want your body to be by a certain age so that you can, you know, hike the El Camino track, right? Um, so being mindful of kind of some of those bigger goals. But for me, you know, when something like COVID knocks you down and you're thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm, <laughs> what what's happening now? It was this sense of comfort of thinking, you know, here's, maybe I just tweak some of these things out a couple of years, but, you know, it just um, offered that that sense of peace. So that's, that's where it started for me, Marta. And then from there, um, I started teaching at Notre Dame 11 years ago. 
And I initially brought this life journey mapping into my class is what I called the professor's choice lecture. So my last day of class, I would kind of roll this out and say like, hey guys, you know, I know that you all think that this is where you're headed and this is, you know, the, the things that, that you're focused on. And a lot of it, you know, when, when you're graduating from the Mendoza School of Business, it's like, I'm going to get this job, I'm going to make this much money and then I'm going to, you know, da, 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 da. Um, so introducing this, um, this framework was just kind of a way to say, here's some other things to think about and make sure you're, you know, considering. And I would tell you of all of the emails that I've received from students throughout the years, the thing that I hear most about is that last lecture. Um, <laughs> so I knew I was onto something. And so from there, I, you know, had the opportunity um, to, uh, to pitch creating a new class. And so I said, I would love to create a class that just uh, give students the opportunity to find that space to to step back from the grind of you know preparing for classes and tests and just go through this process of of mindfully listening and paying attention to what lights them up, um, figuring out how to bring that more to bear in their life and and thinking about their lives beyond just their career right and how how it fits together. So that was a very long answer, but that's that's how it came to be. Oh, I love it. I think it's so thoughtful and as you said, intentional. And I think the 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 excavation of that internal excavation is just as important as I think the resume building is certainly something that we are all in on, but it's also that person, that human building, that sense of being able to to certainly plan, but also have the capacity to, as you mentioned, the turns, the shifts, the the uncertainty is really always what greets us on this path of, of humaning, of life. And so having still that that framework, as you say, but being flexible within that, I think is, is the gold because then it's, it's allowing for, and it's surrendering to, and it's, and at the same time, it's creating and being generative in what it is you desire and want. And so I think, as you mentioned just a few, you know, minutes ago about, um, what lights them up. I was Mm -hmm. thinking about, I often ask young adults, you know, where are your curiosities? What, what, what are you doing? Or when were you doing something at a time in your life where time would pass and you wouldn't even notice the passage of time because you were, you were so in the flow and you were doing something that brought you such, you know, um, meaning and, and delight. And a lot of young people don't really know what those things are Um, because they've gotten away from them based on the checklist and all the things that they've done to get to where they are, because they're all quite impressive in terms of their resumes. But when you, you kind of scratch below the surface and you want to help them get to know themselves, there's a lot of, 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 of um, not being very clear and aligned with that. And so helping them get back to that I think is is an enormous gift, and uh, and I think it brings and it weaves in more the meaning and the purpose and the why, and helps them kind of go deeper. So along those lines, and of course, in working with young adults, what I, what I really want to ask you is, what do you love working about uh, working with young adults about? Like, what's your favorite part of that? Oh well, my gosh, there's there's so much, but um, I would say my initial interest in becoming a professor when I had that on my life journey map uh, in the early, early days was to be in a position to be a lifelong learner. You had said, you know, the opportunity to always learn, but I thought 
what a what a great opportunity and what um, what a privilege to be in that situation where you're constantly learning. But I would say that um, you know being at the University of Notre Dame, you know I feel like our students are exceptional people. Um, and I know you went to Notre Dame and and Craig went to Notre Dame and um, yeah. it's probably too close to home for your kids to also go to Notre Dame. So I get that, <laughs> but they would fit in well here. But yeah. there's just something about, you know, the hearts of the students here that just always inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, the passion that they have for using their talents and their gifts for doing good in the world. And that that inspires me. It 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 gives me hope, you know, sometimes when the world can, can seem kind of dark, like with the struggles that are happening and the, you know, the challenges that, that we can be facing as a society when we're not taking time to listen to one another and, and, you know, just be compassionate with others' perspectives. Um, I always just feel so grateful to be in this environment where I'm surrounded by so many just caring, smart, loving people. And I think our world will be okay. So I, I really think it's a privilege. Yeah. Well, and and along those lines, dear Wendy, I was thinking about the experiential learning piece because I know you you really hold that dear and believe that to be the the pathway for our young people. I I think for all of us, frankly, but for young people to really engage and and dig in and learn and grow within themselves and also in getting to know others and um and understanding the needs of others, right? And of course, in your your business mind and, you know, your innovation and your ability to think along those lines. I'm just curious, the school in Uganda, I know has been something that's been, you know, a a real gem for you and something that you have been building over time and you've gotten some wonderful support. And I think that's also part of the Notre Dame mission, right? You've received some incredible backing on that. Um, but you're the one, you're the workhorse behind this and you're creating what it is you so desire to create and you're bringing students into the mix. And, um, you know, it's funny earlier when you were saying, uh, Ellie refers to you, our sweet Ellie refers to you as a, an educator of life and uh, oh. <laughs> would, would commiserate on that. And so I think, again, our young people, I think, see you in light of that as well and notice and, and, and really, I think, are uh, very drawn in to that, that idea and to that doing. And there was this, when I was thinking about this podcast, there's a Confucius quote that you had told me about a while back. And I had to look it up because I was like, well, I, I can't remember, but I remember you talking about it. And I was, we were in the car. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. We were in Colorado. Mm. And you mentioned this quote. And the quote is, I hear and I forget I see and I remember, I do and I understand. And I think it's a beautiful kind of um, segue into this school in Uganda and and really along the lines of everything we're talking about. So if you can expound on that. Would be- yeah, no, and I um, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier, Marta, too, about that life journey map. And, um, and I would say that, you know, there's, there's so much learning that we're all doing on a continual basis. And I always encourage the students as they're thinking about, you know, mapping out, you know, different goals and journeys to just listen and to try and put yourself in these experiences that are new, that help you to look with new eyes, because that will help you yes. think about new paths, new, new ways to, to think about your life's journey. 
So when that's getting created and when I suggest students create it, I say, you know, keep a sloppy copy right on your desk, you know, with you and in your proximity at all times, because you never know when you're going to hear about something else, you know, something that you hear about that inspires you or something a friend might be doing that inspires you. Um, but experiential learning for me is exactly that. My first opportunity to travel abroad was going to Australia for a study abroad as a junior. And um, it was really eye-opening for me. I was finding that I was just looking at everything differently, even the color of the sky. And it was just life-changing for me. And um, and I, I came home thinking, wow, like that, that was just such an opportunity to re to reconnect with who I am and, um, and a chance to see other cultures and experience new things. And so as I had the opportunity to move forward in my role as a professor here, and the fact that I come from industry, um, it was just a, a wonderful opportunity to bring these experiential learning opportunities to the classroom for our students here. Um, and to me, you know, thinking about that Confucius quote, you know, it's really true that when you have an opportunity to apply what you're learning and actually grapple with with how it's used and and what the impact is and the types of classes that I teach, it's very much thinking about whatever solution you're coming up with as a business person or a person in general, whatever discipline you're in, it's so critical to be human-centered and to have empathy for the people you're designing for. So, my focus on these experiential projects is that it gets you out of your classroom and working hand in hand with the people that are being impacted by whatever challenge it is that, that you're working on and gives you an opportunity to collaborate with them and think about ways that you can approach finding solutions together. So, so that's where experiential learning started for me and how it came to be a part of, of my classroom teaching. And I was really fortunate, um, an amazing family um, provided an endowment to support experiential learning in my classroom after I had um, their son in, in class. And they um, they basically said, you know, this was a transformative experience for my child. We would we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to do this with with other with other kids. And so that's so, so beautiful. I love it. So incredible. Laura. Yeah. I mean it's it's one of those things that I would say is hands down one of the, you know, most touching experiences I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. Um but from there, it really gave me the opportunity of thinking, wow, they're entrusting me with, with doing more of this. Like, how do I, how do I make sure that I'm honoring their trust and right, honoring right. You know, the opportunity to, to provide something impactful? Um, and there is so no one who is more fastidious and meticulous and hardworking and, you know, all in than you. So I know that they put their... <laughs> their money in the right place. Uh, uh, well, so. that's kind of me to say, but, um, but I tell you, like, you know, a, a couple of things came together. You know, you mentioned the Uganda project, but, um, but that was, um, gosh, a, a project that first came into my, into my uh, orbit. Um, I was just going through these dates today because we were talking about just how quickly we've come in a short period of time, but I had the um, opportunity to learn about this project on December 13th of 2019 and had it up and running for my class project, January 13th of 2020. Oh and, um, and our initial challenge was looking at this, this beautiful school that was started in 2007 to serve these young women that had been abducted as children by the Lord's Resistance Army and were returning home to decimated communities and families that were, you know, most often not intact. And many of them had children from being held captive by these soldiers. And so the school was created for them. And by the time, 
you know, this project uh, came came onto my radar as a as a you know project that we could focus on for our class. The school was really on hard times, and a lot of buildings were falling apart. There were ten students at the school because families couldn't afford to send these these girls to school. So um, so we started brightly and optimistically as a class saying, well, how do we reimagine vocational education in northern Uganda? And so that's where we started. And we did a lot of interviews and um, a lot of research and talking to experts. And it wasn't until we went on the ground, Marta, that spring break, um, people were just starting to say, gosh, there's this thing called COVID. Is it a thing? Oh Is it God. not a thing? Yes. And we uh, we decided to go. We already had our tickets booked, and we did not know. I remember you know, what this? What I was remember. Oh my gosh, I do. Yeah, I guess. Yep. So there were twelve of us starting off, and I had two students who said, "You know, my parents are saying nope. They think COVID's a big thing." I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." And so ten of us went, and um, and when we landed uh, at the school, you know, it takes um, a good thirty hours to travel by plane, and then another ten hours in the car. Um, so, so we arrived and there were only 10 students at the school and they were explaining that families do not have enough funding. And so as they scraped together enough money, they'll just put their, their child in school whenever the opportunity arises. And it was just so eye-opening for us to see, um, to see what this community was like and the struggles and the, the choices that parents had to make, you know, between sending your daughter to school um, or feeding your family, sending your daughter to school and then not having someone to help with your subsistence farming. And, you know, some really, you know, challenging situations. So we came home and reframed this challenge to say, how might we help this school be self-sustaining, right? So they're not relying on tuition from these families to be able to, to survive. And how might we improve the economic prosperity of this whole region so that we can, you know, lift up the community? And then, of course, my third goal was how do we become one of the best schools in Africa? <laughs> of course. And then my first goal that, uh, yeah, that was just an internal one was how do we make this project so incredible that it's worthy of a what would you fight for commercial at Notre Dame? So those were the four things we put down on paper and off we went. Um, so I would say, you know, what's what's been incredible since that, that spring of 2020 that, you know, as I talk with you here today, you know, the students have... Um, have been involved in just every aspect of, of helping us yeah. basically relaunch and resupport the school. So we have um, redone every building. We've installed solar panels and hand washing stations in a computer lab. We uh, created a work study scholarship program. So we have 78 girls at the school now, and they are our first class of innovation scholars. My so the God. school just opened this past November. Um, so we'll be graduating these girls uh, later, later this year. Um, we launched a tutoring program here at Notre Dame to help with literacy. Um, we've uh, launched a new tailoring program, a catering program. We've planted 20,000 trees to help with deforestation. So it's been it's been a busy time, but so incredibly rewarding. And I can tell you, like, the, the letters that I get from students at the end of the class is just, you know, Notre Dame always talks about how you can use your education for doing good in the world, but this is my first time like really feeling it, you know, seeing it, experiencing it. And I now know in my life that I need to do more of this, no matter where I end up, like this is important for me to, to make a part of my own story. Well, and even pulling on the thread of you said earlier about shifting the lens and seeing it with different eyes. And I think that is the magic in helping our young people engage with themselves in the world a little differently and also from a more meaningful place is that when you start thinking about the other 
as much as you're also thinking about building a self and, and, and excavating that it's this relational dance and it's a global, I mean, I love it because it's, it's crossing all lines and it's relationship. It really is relationship. And I think that is where we most grow as humans. And I think our, our young people are starved for meaningful relationship. And exchange. And I think if we can have the and in that being the case, as well as work and, you know, a future where they are focused on making the world better and in whatever way, shape or form that looks for them, I think we we win. I think everyone wins. Um, recognizing that, you know, the world is is in need of so much and there is also so much good. Um but that there's a lot of pain and suffering and need. And I think the more we share our gifts and the more we help our young people turn on their curiosities and develop those gifts, the more I think they share those, right? And um, and light up the room, yeah. elevate the room as Chris Affen, you would say, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, with that smile of hers. But um, right. yeah, and I, I would say too, you know, what's, what's been so interesting. So the fact that we installed that computer lab that enabled us to do these zoom interactions. And so this isn't Notre Dame students coming and be like, Oh, well, here's what, here's how we can fix your problems. It's like, Oh my gosh, like, tell me we did um, ethnographic research methods where it's um, a camera study where we, the Notre Dame students went out and they took pictures like, this is my favorite thing to eat. This is what I wear on my feet. This is where I sleep. These are people that I love. And the Ugandan girls did the same thing, right? And just having that cultural exchange of showing the photos. Yes. But I would say across the board, what, um, what just, you know, continually just warms my heart and keeps bringing me back to the school is that, you know, you, you look at the lives of these girls in Uganda who by any standard here, you think, wow, they have it so hard, but you could not imagine the Chris Halfpenny type smiles that these girls have and just the light and the love and the joy that they bring. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my other, I would say, common threads in these reflections from the students is that they're like, wow, like, you know, we, <laughs> we were talking with, with the students in Uganda and, um, and one of the questions that we asked to get to know them are like, what are things that they worry about? And they said, I don't worry about anything. And the student replied saying like, what do you mean you don't worry? Like, I'm worried about stuff all the time. And she said, what, do you have like a big family that you need to take care of? Like, do you, like, <laughs> oh, it's so relative. <laughs> right? And it's such perspective. Oh, my water? God. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just one of those yeah. things that, you know, she shared that with the class. We're like, that's yeah. exactly right. I, it just gives you a different perspective. So that's not to say that, you know, in our in our country, I mean, everybody has things that they deal with and. You know, and everyone's struggles are real, but I think what that gift is again of of being able to step outside of yourself and and walk hand in hand with another is it just helps you um, have a broader perspective, right? And and it doesn't make your own difficulties go away, but it does just help you uh, have a, a greater understanding around how depth, you know, how much depth and and variation there can be to the different challenges that that people are working through. Um, in their lives. Yeah. And I think it's getting out of our bubble. I, I think that is so essential uh, in terms of even, you know, I think about for young people, when I was a, an advisor at Notre Dame uh, and I had freshman students, I was always, 
I marveled at those that came through the door who were seeking more and seeking, you know, and had kind of a breadth and depth to them already built in based on life experience, based on travel, based on being from another country potentially, but coming from families that were more focused in that way and less about, you know, it wasn't like heads down and more the typical path which tends to, and I'm not saying across the board, but can tend to be a little bit more unilaterally focused and not as life-giving and nurturing and nourishing to the spirit. I think it's it's lacking in that. And I think these young people always struck me as having a little bit more of that. And of course, that's what I try to do with my clients is to say, you've got a spirit to nourish just as much as you've got a skill set to grow. Like, let's do both and let's go hand in hand. And I feel like, Wendy, everything you've shared today is that that walk. And I just love, love that you are in the position you are and um, that you are in our world because, as I said, you make our world better. So I know our time is precious and you've got things to do and I've got things to do, but three questions. Yes. One would be, what would be a message to your younger self Oh, geez. Um, I think that is such a great question. And in my Designing Your Life class, I do have my students write a letter to their younger self and to their future self um, mm -hmm. that that we mail to them. Um, and I would say a, a lesson to my younger self. I typically, I do this a lot when I'm thinking, when I feel like I'm being particularly hard on myself or critical around, you know, um, things that I'm working through or things that I don't think I did particularly well or or, or focused on. And I tend to think of it more in terms of like, would I ever want my kids to talk to themselves that way? And the answer is unequivocally like, hell no. Like, right? I mean, yeah. it's almost easier for me to even not have as much compassion for that younger self than it is to think they better not ever treat themselves that way. Like they are incredible people, you know, and I, um, and so it, it's easier for me to think in that terms, but, but I would say it, it's kind of that, you know, um, I know I'm not alone in, in one of those people that, you know, you, we all have these voices in our heads and, um, and those voices, the ones you tend to be like, oh, there's probably some truth to that are the ones that there's no truth at all because it's negative stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not often that we take the time to be like, no, good job. You, you know, you're, you're really um, on point with that or you did a great job. So I would say just, you know, interrupting those, um, those negative thoughts. And I was just reading something recently that, that said, you know, if you have one of those, those things where you're saying something negative to yourself, you have to stop it and then tell yourself three good things. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I yeah. I also like to say, what else is true? Like yeah. I, I like to be able to offer that. Um, it's, it's a reframe a little bit. Yeah. And it's not this Pollyannish way of, of living and being positive all the time, but it is a recognition of when we come from love and less judgment, yeah, we are able to light up a room. And I think when we let go of the control and beating ourselves up and more acceptance and, and curiosity and openness, I just think it lifts the the veil. And it does, um, yeah. And I think those egos of ours are Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it just gives us permission to, I think, you know, I, I love the frame of, you know, we're all put on this, this planet for a reason and you all have certain gifts and our job isn't to compare and see what we don't have next to someone else because we weren't put on the world as them. You're put on the world as you. And so it's, it's yeah. having that time to just listen and um, honor those gifts because they're, they're there for a reason and you have a, a critical role to play in the universe, whether you've uncovered it yet or not, but it's there. Right. 
And I think under the the ego that we often are, you know, typically run into the ground by, uh, you know, at different points in our lives, it's that underneath that uh, veil, which um, is more along the lines of abundance and love and acceptance. And it's, it's, it's vast and it's infinite and it is, it is good. And that's what we really are at our essence. And I think that's where we need to keep getting back to along with keep doing, keep going, keep grooving, keep doing all the magic that you are, you are doing. So, okay. Along with that um, answer, how about message to the young adults out there? Oh, to you young adults, I would say uh, humans <laughs> try and do something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I think it's really easy to live and make decisions, you know, within your comfort zone and, you know, thinking about whether or not it's taking a semester off to go do a study abroad or, you know, like your son taking, taking a semester or a year off to go have these experiences, you know, you get, you get one life, there's no dress rehearsal, right? And there's certain things, you're coming back to that life journey map, there's certain things that are easier to to test and to try um, at other points in life, right? It, it's it's easier to take that year off now than, you know, if you have three kids and you're married and you, you know, are, are working, like that's hard to find the time to just to take a, a step back from that. So I would say do something that puts you outside of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to have these experiences um, that will just give you a different perspective, right? You may learn that there's things about yourself that you didn't know that you absolutely love and you want to pursue more. Yeah, or less, right? Or less. I yeah. think you learn both. And I think I was just talking to a client earlier about this and saying the more you get comfortable with feeling all the feelings and the more you're comfortable being uncomfortable, really the sky's the limit because then you're never in avoidance of anything. You're you're in acceptance and embracing like what is, loving what is, and then like let's go. Let's figure okay. this out. And that is a that's a hard lesson to learn. It still is hard for me to do the hard things and be uncomfortable and but there's a different relationship to it now because I think, oh, this is growth. This is good, even when it's hard. But I think for young people, beautiful beautiful message. And then finally, a message to the parents out there. Wow, to the parents. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, message to the parents is just to, to support your kids on this journey. It's not, it's not meant to be a perfect linear path. There's meant to be these hills and valleys, and there's so much to learn from, from both, right? And to walk with your child to, you know, to learn with them, to grow with them. And I think, you know, three kids of my own, you kind of think like, oh, here's their personality or here's what they're doing or what they're good at. But, you know, they're still developing and then there's so much to learn and so many things that will continue to unfold and just be ready to, to support them through that journey as they uncover who they really are. Right. Because I think, you and I would both agree, right? We're still uncovering who we really are. It's it's a lifelong do that. Lifelong it's a forever. Thing. It's a forever yeah. walk, right? Yeah. yeah. So just love them up and yeah, and, and love the hell out of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> love it. All right. Well, I love you, dear Wendy. We'll be in touch along the way, and thank you for being here with us. All our right. Thank you, sweet Marta. Marta. All right. Bye bye. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. 
I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.